0: Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Talk talk about it. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. Hey, everybody. We're back. Um, I'm joined today by my brother-in-law, David. His wife, Karen, was on the show a couple weeks back. We had that awesome, awesome episode where we talked about um, self-care, among other things. Um, so I'm blessed to be joined by you today, David. Hey, buddy. Thanks for being with me. <laughs> We've got the incense burning. I'm drinking the whiskey. David's a healthy man, so he respects his body a little more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> that has to get old on some level, doesn't it? A little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. Stop talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> we all alone. have our
1: own decisions. I don't judge anyone. And, I,
0: uh, <laughs> we have a, a drug rep who comes to our office. He's also a really fit guy. You can tell from looking at him that he he takes care of himself um, health wise. You know, probably goes to the gym also, but more of just like you know, healthy skin. And everything, and uh, he catered in lunch for us this week, and it was like Mexican food, and he brought two like big containers of churros, and <laughs> we open them and we look at him, and he's just standing there, and I'm like, this is why none of us look like you, <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous, anyways, uh, yeah, so um, I asked David to join me today, because something that's been on my mind a lot recently, and we kind of started talking about it before the show, that's something I try to avoid, but uh the conversation is already going well. So I'm like, okay, I got to hit record before we go any <laughs> further. Um, just a, a trend that I tend to see, especially in people my age and younger, but more more and more I see it in people older than both of us, too. You're a couple years older than me. Um, you are 29?
1: 31. 31.
0: Where does the time go? And I'm turning 26 <laughs> this month. So we're kind of in different age buckets in a way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm in the age bucket where typically you are starting your career and you're at the age bucket where you're into your career. Right. Typically, if we're talking in broad strokes, everybody's different. I'm not trying to say that there's a right or wrong way to do life. But um, something that I've noticed a lot is younger guys especially just have lost the ability. I, it's like a lack of ambition, a lack of drive. And um, more and more... I start to think that it has something to do with a lack of vision from a young age. But before I get too far into that, just to backtrack a little bit, the reason I wanted to talk about this with you, you and I have worked together in the past mm-hmm. um, years ago uh, for an appliances company. David was my boss, and we did uh, commercial appliance installation. Um, there were ups and downs, but ultimately I thought it was great fun. And that, that job, more than anything else I had done, gave me a sense of – drive Mm -hmm. like you know it made me feel like okay there's money out there to be made and i'm gonna go make it yeah um which is so beneficial and i think construction does that for a lot of guys honestly because you see that money you know i'd agree and for a lot of construction positions it depends you know um or or positions where you work with your hands a lot of time the money is there and it's up to you to go get it and i think that's so important Mm -hmm. i think we don't see that enough with a lot of entry level quote unquote air quotes jobs yeah um so david has moved on to that to greater things he runs a giant um i don't know what to it, it's a big it's a big warehouse it's not a warehouse it's more than it's a, plant. Than just a it's plant it's a plant yeah. yeah he's he's dealing with logistics across the whole country it's it's wild De- uh, sitting sitting in with the big boys at the dinner table <laughs> <laughs> but what i wanted to talk to you about was kind of just your journey from just getting started in the job world, the career world, whatever you want to call it, to where you're at now. And did do you feel like from the start, from a young age when you first started working, did you have a vision of what you wanted?
1: No, I didn't. Uh well, I guess I'd say uh I'd have to backtrack a little bit. My vision, I guess, was uh pretty off in the beginning. Um, I came from a um, a middle, upper middle class family and uh, I left home when I was 19, 20 years old and thought, well, my parents did pretty well that I could do that without a college degree. So I, I had no training in terms of like, oh, without that and, you know, experience, you just don't go into the job market and automatically make a lot of money. Right, and I learned that the hard way. Like my first job when I moved out of my house or my parents' house was eight fifty an hour, <laughs> and I mean poverty. I don't even think
0: you can legally pay people that anymore. Probably not, <laughs> but
1: it's I just it was the most eye-opening thing uh, I've ever had from a job perspective. Is I was out on my own, and I was literally not. I wasn't smart with my money, but I wasn't a, a fool either. Yeah. And working forty hours a week, and I was like. I'm below, I could barely, I couldn't pay my bills. I mean, like literally rationing food wow. and I'm working 40 hours a week. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is, and that's a whole other thing. I mean, the minimum wage and all that stuff, but it's just more, yeah, something had to change, I guess you's, you, yeah. you could say and everything like that. But, um. So what took you to that next step where you were doing a little more
0: than just putting in 40 hours a week and trying to get by?
1: <clears throat> I guess what took me, to the next step is I mean just something had to change yeah. and everything and uh honestly had a guy reach out to me and said he'd be willing to trade me in uh appliance delivery yeah. <laughs> is what happened so a guy took a risk at risk with me yeah. and just like you alluded to earlier uh and co- more you, you could put that in the construction trade if you will but started working with him for about six months and I mean took a substantial pay increase uh with that job and But what I learned is there's all these guys who are running five, six trucks. And I mean, they had all these big crews running for them. And there was just so much money to be made Mm -hmm. and everything. And um, I took that and said, I can do it better than these guys. Because once I learned it, I mean, I just, you know, grounded out and, you know, doing all the grunt work in the beginning. And my boss, who gave me a a tremendous opportunity, who I'm still very close with today and everything internally, I told myself, I can do it better than my boss can. Mm -hmm. And from there, I did, I started saving my money and started uh, uh, doing what had to be done there, and I started my own truck, and then grew that to three trucks, grew that to five trucks, and just started beating everyone. (laughs) So, so, yeah, so that's basically how it is, and that's where the vision came from, is because... Starting at the bottom, you appreciate everything you're given. Then, mm-hmm. but really, it just came from I can do what these guys do, but I think I can do it better. And that's a specific scenario, yeah. I guess. And
0: but I think that mindset is so important. Of just like, it's not a disrespectful mindset to look at someone who's doing well and say I can do it better. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that's what the drive is, and I think people, you can probably speak to this really well because while you've had, uh, uh you know. You've had different types of of positions. They've all been similar as far as the base skill, mm-hmm. and I think it's what that's what people get hung up on is this question of what do I want to do, as if the job world can be so specific. And I myself got hung up on that for a long time. Like, what do I want to do? Like, oh, I, you know, I want to be, I want to do music, or 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 I want to do video stuff, or mm-hmm. I want to be a, a a lawyer. That's maybe too specific, <laughs> but. But I think the issue is, in the job world, it's so rarely just one thing. You have a you have a assortment of skills that you bring to a position. And in a way, the position is important, but it's also not important. Mm-hmm. Because what I think I've found, and I'm sure you've found very similar, is it's like, it's almost like what the problem is. And I say problem in the, in the sense of every job is solving a problem. Someone needs something. I'm going to solve that problem and provide it to you. It's always up problem Mm -hmm. quote unquote no matter what the problem is it's the solutions that make work enjoyable in my the the ability to provide those solutions in your own way Mm -hmm. for me that is marketing how do we get our product in front of as many people as possible and to to solve that problem i get to bring in all sorts of skills that i never thought i could have a job doing video photography whatever those more creative skills and so when you were younger and kind of going for these positions, do you feel like your mindset was just like this is an avenue to turn a profit or was it more like these are the skills that I have, this is a way that I can implement them?
1: Um I mean, the profit was a big motivator in the beginning just being sure. being so poor, it was just nice to like yeah, to make good, what I would consider good money at the time. Yeah. Uh it was it was a huge motivator, but really it was the ability to have that autonomy. The mm-hmm. ability to write your own ticket, you know, to having been on both sides where you have great employers or really bad ones. It's like when you when I was able to run my own company for a while, I could treat people the way I believe people should be treated, treat, you know, and kind yeah. of come up with those dream. And that that was that was bigger than some of the financial things I've ever learned is as far as, you know, being able to solve problems, you know, um, but doing it my way. Yeah. And everything is, is something that gets me pretty. That, that my vision does grow like crazy when I can fix my own problems that way, I guess. so.
0: Totally. And I think um, I think people don't realize, one, there's extreme value to the entrepreneurial spirit is what I call it when you want to do things your way and you kind of want to be your own boss. I think people oftentimes, they start tiptoeing into that realm often at a younger age and they think about the pressure that would come with that of literally owning your own company or something like that. And they kind of get crushed by that early on Mm -hmm. when the entrepreneurial spirit is what makes you happy to go to work every day one but it functions within a larger organization you have a boss Mm -hmm. your boss has a boss there's a large structure around you but you show up to work and you put your own stamp on the day Mm -hmm. you do things your way um and i think that is what people need to really understand it's just doing things your own way is so powerful it's yeah. so powerful.
1: Yeah, and that comes to yeah, my my present bosses, I mean, yeah, I have borders I have to stay with them, but within those borders it's mine. Yeah. You know, and that's that that's the greatest gift. That's worth a lot more than money to me personally, is to be the ability to make changes that you know, this hub's gonna run different than this hub, and that's okay, and they're okay with that as long as you're getting the results. They don't, totally. they really don't care about how you get the results <laughs> as long as you get them ethically, I guess.
0: Yeah, and totally. Everything.
1: So that's that's one thing that I love. Yeah, that's the yeah. thrill of capitalism. Absolutely, and those are what good bosses do. I mean, if 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 they don't, if they have to micromanage you down to you can do this and can't do that, then then they can get anyone to do that. You know? Yeah, and that's not where I want to be. So that's such <laughs> a great
0: point. I definitely had bosses, especially earlier on in my working day when I was working for, you know, grunt jobs, you know, bank teller, (coughs) uh, retail, I worked for Lowe's. Um, You know, I I worked for good people, but they weren't, I feel like you know when you have a great mentor in life, someone who wants to push you to that next level, because they acknowledge that pushing you to another level could potentially benefit and profit them. Mm -hmm. But they're also doing it, you know, oftentimes, because they, they care about the future of, the, the working world, mm-hmm. but I think it's so important that people be fearless when it comes to getting away from an unhealthy work situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever had a boss like that? That just like was, well, I know, I, I know <laughs> <out>. <laughs> you don't have to name names, here, but you, you, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, there, there is no investment in you. They don't care what level you reach. Mm-hmm. They just want you to do your job, shut up, do your job, and I think people don't realize that there's something else out there for you, you know. If people can just take the risk of going out there and finding something,
1: yeah, I think that's uh, once again, that's kind of, and I just talk about myself, I guess, but that's one of the philosophies I, I love at my current place of work is where I have employees who are phenomenal employees, and it's one of those things where they have my that like it's the age of the side hustle and yeah, everything like that. So and true. It's, and it's one of those things where. You know, I understand that I have these top talented guys who, you know, if I'm doing my job right, they're not going to be here in two years because, (laughs) you know, and and it's because I want to help them get to their goal. And I've, I've had those sit downs with guys where, you know, hey, you're phenomenal at your job. What can I help you do? to be successful to maybe leave this place. And although that's going to hurt me short term, yeah, when those guys recognize that, Oh, Dave's not trying to hold me down yeah. uh, just to keep me because he knows I'm a good worker. Hey, no, what, what connections can I help you make? That's going to help this side business grow. What are connections? That's going to help this side hustle become your full-time job yeah. and everything. Once they see that, and I've had that with a lot of my employees, it's, I mean, those guys will move heaven and earth for you yeah, and everything. So, and, and, and I say that from a standpoint of, I've worked for more so unhealthy bosses. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I was ever blessed to be in a position where I could do things kind of, I guess, my way, sure. that's one right. I wanted to wrong, I guess, if you will, yeah. as far as, you know, like, look, I'm never going to try to hold someone down, make someone feel bad so that I can keep them and, you know, control them. It's like, no, it, my job is to always grow people. And mm-hmm. if growing means leaving, then, you know, I, I couldn't be more happy if an employee said, Hey, Dave, I'm going to go take this job over here because of the qualifications I've gotten while working under you, and it pays 20 grand more a year. I'm yeah. shaking that dude's hand and giving him the <laughs> best review. And just like, you know, I did my job. Yeah. I did my job. That's and such the, a great way to look at it. Yeah. And so, yeah, but if that answers your
0: question. No, it totally know. answers my question. No, that's a great point. Just because I feel like there are two <clears throat> mindsets that you can have. You can either allow yourself to feel oppressed by your, like that same employee who, who rises up and you build him up and he, he goes and he moves to the next stepping stone in life and in his career and in his, his, his vocational path. You know, that same employee could just as easily say like, eh, I'm not making the best money here, but whatever, I'm here.
1: I will say though that with, with difficult work circumstances, there's also the hard truth where, you know, especially as a younger guy or used to be younger yeah. and stuff, You got to pay your dues too. Oh, so true. And that's that's the that's been a really difficult one for me on a personal level is patience in my career Mm. because I'm always like, man, I want to be a director someday, and I'm only you know I'm 31. I should be there when I'm you know 35, which Mm -hmm. might be too aggressive, you know, kind of a, a, a thing. But it's just patience is hard. But you also, with what you're saying. You got to be careful of that toxicity level as well, too, because you could be like, "Well, I'm just being patient. I'm grinding it out, even though my boss is making me work seventy hours a week." You know, right? And this right. is part of the grind, and to a certain extent, that is. But there's also there's definitely that line you cross where it's like, "No, my boss is just taking advantage of me," and mm. you got to be able to.
0: It's dangerous to find that line. It it's is so hard. It's hard because you know? do have to pay your dues with a smile on your face, and it frustrates me so much when I see people who come to work. And maybe they've only been at their company for a year and they've not progressed at all. They're still right where they started. And a year is kind of a short timeline. But, you know, they're still there at a year and they're they're frustrated and they're bitter and they're like, fine, I'll just do the bare minimum because this is all I'm going to get. And they're not willing to pay their dues. And it's you're absolutely right because there's that, that fine line where it's like, okay, are they still seeing whether or not you're worth the investment? Like whether or not you're just a hard worker? Because at the end of the day... I have my own philosophies on this. You just finished your degree, mm-hmm. kudos to you. I never got a degree. Um, both are not incorrect ways to do things, in my opinion. It depends on what you want and what's going to get you there, right? Uh, but regardless of that, someone in my position, my dues paying, pre, you know, if you have a degree and you go into a workforce, you still have to pay your dues. Mm-hmm. But there's amount of due paying that you've done by getting that degree, and your employer recognizes that. That's the power of a degree. More than I mean, it depends on the field, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm painting with a broad brush here, but more than anything else, an employer looks at a degree and they say this guy is dedicated to his work life. Uh, you know, he's he's passionate about what he's doing enough to go and spend money and time to get this degree. Mm-hmm. I think employers see that, think that when they look at a degree more than anything else.
1: Would yep. you agree? I I tend to agree with that because if you look at my re- I guess my resume now I did everything backwards you know yeah. I have all this experience but in my mind I wasn't getting or the, certain roles weren't open to me because I didn't have that little piece of paper mm. and everything yep. and truth be told I mean as soon as I got that little piece of paper I started getting a lot of calls again <laughs> you know, and stuff so it's kind of it's, it's 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 uh rewarding in that way yeah but sadly just for the industry I'm in I mean I was getting looked over by guys who have a college degree, but I have a decade more of experience doing, you mm. know, and, and clear metrics, but it's just... You need to know your field, for sure. Yeah, and so that was, you know, you took that risk, but for me, it, it paid off in that way, but, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't have degrees that, you know, I don't think it's a must. I'll just be blunt there. I don't yeah. think, you know, but, at all.
0: But, it's def- so I would agree, as someone who doesn't have a degree, it's not a must, but I would also say... Again, know your market, know your field, know who you're going to be working for. Mm-hmm. If a degree is valuable in, in in the field that you're going for, for you, it's logistics and management. Mm-hmm. Understandably, a degree is very valuable there. Um, in my field, I don't really manage people. So a degree in, you know, for for me, it's more about the, the level of skill and um, experience. Right. So I also went backwards and arrived at a very different place than you where I... Um, sort of hopped from small business to small business gaining experience, but also just trying to find the place that I wanted to invest in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I kind of learned after starting out in a a more of a large corporate retail environment, which is not a bad thing. That's a good way to learn how you need to function as an employee and how to be respectable and um, reliable, Mm -hmm. I think. But I I learned from that point that I believe very strongly in small business. So I went business to business until I found the business I wanted to invest myself in. And then I just allowed myself to fit whatever mold needed to be fit. Mm -hmm. And through that, I found that I have a passion for marketing and advertising. And I've led that to now owning my own very small business um, that exclusively serves small businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, um, all that to say, there are very different ways to do things, aren't there? Yeah, But... Sometimes by just, like you said, paying your dues, by doing the work, you learn what you want. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it, when you were running trucks and you had three trucks working for you, even at that point, you probably didn't have as clear of a purpose as you do now.
1: Yeah. I'd would, agree. Would you say that's right? I'd agree. I'd, I'd also say it's changing, though. It's yeah. Changed, like, from my vision for myself and my career, it looks way different now than it did a year ago. Mm. And two years before, that looked way different, you know? Yeah. And... Um yeah it's just, I think it's constantly evolving hmm. and everything I think the older I get the more uh pointed I'm becoming with it but mm-hmm. I still frankly haven't 100% settled on oh this is definitely the direction I feel like I'm heading in the right path which is uh comforting in that way but to say I know where I want to go next wouldn't be I like I just, you know, I'm always looking for opportunities yeah and everything you know
0: That's such a great way to put it looking for opportunities cuz I feel like if you work hard and if you keep your eyes open, the opportunities just have a way of presenting themselves to you.
1: I agree. I agree. And you know, like, and it's the smallest things I've seen. You know, hey, you want to take a look at this project, or you know, those small things are can you know take you to that next level, or, or like open a door that you never yeah even thought of. And you know, yeah, I'm still in logistics in some way, but now I'm I'm on the other. I'm not even close to construction in that oh, industry. not even close. And yep. so it's just it's just interesting to see. You pick yeah. something
0: up, you leave something behind.
1: Yeah, and I have a, I mean, it's a different skill set or different products, but ultimately, it's just, yeah, it's it's just always changing. and yeah. stuff. So, and
0: for you, I think you, it's fair to say that if there's one trend that has followed you through pretty much your whole work experience, it's that ability to create systems and to reinvent. Um, and there's other things mm-hmm. you do that yeah. are just as important, obviously. But I feel like of all the positions you've been in that I've known about. They've all been processes where you get better and better and better at at looking at something, identifying the problems, and creating better systems.
1: Yeah, I love break. I love breaking things. I yeah, love, <laughs> <laughs> like, breaking that's things. yeah, that's basically I how it. I look at it. Is you know, hey, here's our system, and most times it's hey, here's the status quo for that system, and I love going in and breaking them, and then finding new ways to rebuild them and make them better yeah. and everything. That'd probably be that's probably my number one passion in terms of what I do as a in my job, I guess.
0: So, based upon where you are at this point in your life, I think it's very, very fair to say you have become more successful than most people. If you look at the grand arc of people in the world, you are more successful than most people. Um, and that is born out of hard work. You didn't launch straight into a 80K a year job. You worked very hard. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm not saying this to, to build you up. Yeah. Although... You are a great guy. (laughs) I'm not saying this to build you up, but I want to put it on that platform, Mm -hmm. okay, for those listening to acknowledge you are someone who is more successful than most people. That's a fair way to say it. Obviously, there's people significantly more successful than you, but with that platform being established, what would you say is the – I want to be kind of careful in how i phrase this to someone listening who's maybe just starting out in the career world or more importantly they're at a point in life where they realize they've not truly started they've just kind of job hopped mm-hmm. and not really taken it seriously what advice would you give to someone who's at that point where they need to know what their first or maybe next step is to kind of get started somewhere
1: hmm. putting you on the spot <laughs> I would, you know, I guess in that way, I would just, you know, just general job stuff would be, you know, what do you love to do? Yeah, and find a way to make money doing it, because it it just comes down to it just comes down to passion, really. Um, for me, I wasn't necessarily passionate about appliances and logistics when I got started into it. Yeah. Um, and, um, frankly, I still I was never a hundred percent. Uh as passionate as I thought I could be, Hmm. but really, and this is where what's really cared me is, is, is the ability to, is, is what did that, what did that, you know, autonomy that I've gotten at jobs to running my own business? It's, I love being able to the passion that I have for my job. And this is, this is where the really, I started making really big strides, I guess in my career is when I was able to be placed in positions where I could impact people's lives hmm. and everything. And yeah. that's what, um, and influence people's lives directly, you know, whether that through mentoring or taking people who, you know, like case in point, I, I have a, you know, I I love working with, you know, ex felons and guys yeah. who maybe have had addictions in the past or, you know, criminal backgrounds of some kind. Those are my favorite people to hire yeah. and everything because those people appreciate their jobs and, but i also I get a really cool opportunity to mentor those guys and be like, "Wow David, I mean uh I'll just say at past jobs, I've had you know people where you know hey this uh, this fifteen dollars is the most I've ever made in yeah. my life, and to be able to do that and be like, well, this is a guy that I can make help him make twenty five dollars an hour someday, that yeah. guy's gonna walk through fire for me, and it's not paying a guy a good wage just to pay him a good wage. it's you know allowing to see people progress, yeah, and that's something that that's where I think of my passions really come from. It just, it happened to be that I was doing logistics. It happened mm-hmm. to be, and that's really what's carried me because part of like part of the job that I have today was predicated on, I have to be, I get autonomy on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so, because if I can't invoke change in people's lives, if I'm there just to quote manage people, yeah, I don't want it. And and everything. It, so two
0: incredible things about what you just said. One, I feel like that should be the passion of every manager. And it's sad that it's not. Um, of anyone who's in charge of other people. But two, I think that illustrates so perfectly how just because you're passionate about one thing doesn't mean that the only way to apply it is the most obvious solution. Someone would hear that that's your passion and probably assume like, Oh, okay, you're a therapist or (laughs) you're a career counselor. No, no, not at all. You can get, you can exercise your passions in non-conventional ways. If you just keep your eyes open and not only that, if you apply your passions to what you're doing, Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing. They probably didn't hire you based upon your ability to do that. There's other things that you bring to the table, but the fact that you do that is what makes you exceptional at your job. And they see that. They didn't hire you for that, but it again, it's it's you applying your passion to what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. You said you you said it, man. Like they they hired me because I was able to accomplish you know X, Y, and Z. But ingrained in that and the really, in my opinion, where the real results were, I mean, they're they're not getting into the nitty gritty in the interviews, but that's where the results come from is investing in people, loving people well, treating people like people, taking care of people and everything. And when you do that, those other metrics, the other things that actually get me paid and help me progress in my career, take care of themselves. But the flip side of that is ultimately I'm finding that that's becoming more rewarding for me than the money hmm. and everything like that you know and it's uh, i'm i'm starting to uh, on a personal level it's like i'm I'm starting to find that wow money might not be like there's going to come a point when you know i'm i'm really on that line where it's like when it, when does more become enough or vice versa yeah, you know totally. and and when do you just want to because you know you can always have more money and when is enough mm-hmm. and you have to be able to walk that line but it's like well when are you fully fulfilled? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so it's like, what I'm trying to do now is take those passions at work, you know, and like, cause I get great fulfillment. Like I could, when, when you have those days where, Hey David, because of what you did here, I was able to do this in my life where I was able to, you know, yeah. take care of my family. It's like, I'll work that job forever. I don't even care about the money, you right. know, and stuff. So those are the kind of things that
0: I'm so glad you, you know. brought that up. Cause I did want to kind of get into the money side of things with yeah. you because I know not everyone is this way. When I was younger, uh, I definitely thought that people who made a lot of money were just like automatically more morally adverse than I was or you know they 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 didn't have the same moral compass I did cuz I don't care about the money man yeah and i think what i've found is that your income does not create happiness you'd be an idiot to think that it does what it creates is comfort if you can make enough money to be comfortable in life then you have so much more to give other people in terms of yourself. And I think that that's a prime example, you know, as you, as you're more financially stable, you're able to focus on your passions, like investing in other people. And then you can go on to make them, uh, successful so that they're comfortable so that they can go on to help other people. And I think that's how you make the world a better place.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like I said, and, and, uh, I'll count it as part of my, part of my testimony is like, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've, I've made tons of money and stuff. And I've had lived on the poverty level. I mean, practically homeless before and yeah. it's just and being on both sides i'm like it makes you so appreciative and just look i feel like my life's a miracle most days yeah <laughs> and everything and then but it also makes it like wow i never thought i'd be here and then for me just to take all the i guess the financial gains that god's god's given me and just be like well i'm just gonna spend this it's just it's ludicrous yeah it's absolutely ludicrous and everything, totally. and, and like I said, you you do find that where it's like, could I have a nicer car? Could I have better cl- You know, of course. But it's like, at yeah. what point, it does it, it comes to a point where it just doesn't matter, and stuff. And I'm not making a million dollars a year, yeah. kind of a thing. It's just, it's when once you've tasted that poverty and you're working with individuals who are right there, yeah. it's like, what can I do to help these guys get out? What mm-hmm. can I help to do? Because all I see is what what would I have needed. Because at, at that time, going way back, is like I had to just pull myself up kind of by my bootstraps and figure out a way to get out of that yeah. and everything. Whereas now it's like I'm in a position now, thank God, where you know what can I do to be the catalyst for those guys? What can I do? What 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 I would have wanted someone to be for me? Yeah. If I was that guy right now, you yeah, know? and stuff. And now that I'm in that position, it's like well. I got to use my money, my time, my talents to help these guys. Absolutely. You know, so.
0: I think uh I think more and more I find that that is the mindset of a rich man. You know what I mean? I think of people like Bill Gates, one of the wealthiest men alive. He's given away more money than I'll ever come in, encounter in my entire life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it it's while well, he does have very nice things in his life, you know, mm-hmm. he's also the guy that's known for wearing pretty average clothing. And, um, or, you know, driving a pretty average car, he's not known to drive sports cars around. Mm -hmm. And I think what it is, is very much the same as you. He's acknowledged that there's a point where like, okay, this is as much money as I need to, to get, to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And the rest of this, I'm just going to use to help other people or, um, you know, whether that's continuing to make more money and using that money to help other people or acknowledging that like, okay, this is enough money for me. And now I'm going to use more of myself to help other people. Cause I'm at a point where I don't need more money.
1: And you've brought up an excellent point there. Like it just, it's, it's that dichotomy of more and enough, hmm. you know? And, and I'm, I think that's different for everyone, you yeah. know? Um, You know, at the, I've had some really successful, very wealthy, wealthy individuals kind of mentor me over the years. And, you know, you're going to get to that point when you have to make that decision as a personal, you know, as an individual where, you know, This is enough for me. And now, like, in order for me to get that next promotion, I'm going to have to put in, you know, 20 extra hours a week for the next three years. Well, what is your, aside from the financial, it's just like, what are you giving up? You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be able to do this ministry. I'm not going to be able to give this time to my family. And it's like, you're giving that up all, you know, so it's, there's, there's just going to come that hard point. Yeah. And you have to make that. I know I have to make it all the time where it's like, when there's is that it? Balance. Yeah. When, it, and I hate that word, but it's, it's just. That's what it is though. Yeah. It's, it's priorities. Yeah. And when does, when is enough enough? And yeah, when do you, when, do you, when are you only seeking more? You mm-hmm. know, well, I want that next point. That's just a more statement. And it's, it's okay to want more. I mean, I'm an ambitious person. You are too. And it's just like, yeah, it's okay. But there's going to come that point where you just got to be like, this is enough for me. And now I've got to reevaluate reevaluate my priorities and, you know, make that determination, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that evolving passion over time, um, is also very important, uh, as far as changing how you're investing, whether you're investing in yourself or your own relationship to shifting to a point where you're like, all right, I've invested in my work life enough now that I'm comfortable and confident. Now I want to start investing into other people. I think that's how you kind of keep the flame burning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think if you just invest in your own career, you you know, you could be eternally successful, become the richest man alive. But I think, regardless, more than likely, you'll hit a point where you're like, "This is boring."
1: (laughs) Yeah. You'll, I mean, not to be cliche, but you'll be poor in other ways. Right. Poor in your relationships, you know. And I'm saying, and and that just gets, as much as we focus on ourselves and everything, it just it it gets old after a while. You know. I mean, it just there's no way you're going to feel good <laughs> about yourself because everything in, in your life is all about you. Yeah. You know? There's just no way, you know? Yeah. So. it's a,
0: yeah, it's a, it's, and I think, I. you know, it, it is, a, it's that balance because I think people need to get to a point where they're always thinking about like two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that person who's whatever age doesn't matter and they're so successful, but they have nothing else in life. They have no family or, or whatever they've, destroyed their family because they've invested too much in their career. They didn't think two steps ahead. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a valuable asset to yourself to always be thinking two steps ahead. Like, okay, not what am I going to do next, but what's going to come after I do that thing?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I know um, my wife and I, Karen, we talk all the time. And one question I posed to us in terms of my wife owns her own small businesses, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything is, is, and I asked ask myself this in terms of my priorities and what I do outside of work and even at work is where, do, what do I want my life to look like in 10 years? Hmm. And is this big decision that I'm going to make going to help me look like that in 10 years or not? And it's either one, it's usually crystal clear when you put it down like that, Hey, this job's going to pay $20,000 a year. Should I take it? But does that get me to my ultimate 10 year goal? Well, I'm going to have to move mm-hmm. not see my family as much and work an extra 15 hours a week. Yeah, maybe not where I want because in ten years I know I want to be working, you know I want to work a straight forty in ten years, and I want to be making what mid six figures. Let's just put it out there. Sure, that's where I would love to be in ten years, you know. Yeah, and stuff. But, but am I t- what what steps am I taking to make that a reality? Yeah, you know. And that's so, so I think
0: I think that's important too because you know there's someone. I mean, for instance, when you first started working, forty a clean forty with a mid six figure income probably seems impossible. Mm-hmm. Someone might even laugh at you for thinking it's yeah. possible. <laughs> Anything is possible if you and I'm going to I'm going to quote the book 7 Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a book I love. Mm-hmm. And um one of the habits is beginning with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important that 10-year goal that like, okay, what do I want to get to? Okay, that's what I want to get to. It doesn't matter how outlandish it is. This is where I'm at now. What's my next step? Absolutely. And even if you don't have every step from here to there, it's just about knowing. Okay, this is my goal. This is what I want to accomplish. This is what I'm working towards. Here I am. What can I do? Can I can I start working towards that? Where I'm at now. Hopefully, yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe no. Maybe you have to go someplace else.
1: It's all about progress, man. And that's part of what makes. Uh, and that's part of fulfillment too, in of itself. You know, is are you making progress? Yeah. You know, and if you, if you, I know for me, it can be easy to get overwhelmed. Man, that's where I want to be in 10 years. But am I? Look, where I was two months ago. Am I making progress? If you're making progress, that mm-hmm. makes—I know for me personally—that makes me feel alive. Yeah. And everything. It doesn't matter if the progress is really small, but if it's measurable, yeah. Then I can I can keep going forever. Yeah. And everything. It's just small progress. So, like you said, it's like, yeah, I you can always start, you know, but just it's those small progress because you know ten years is going to go by in a flash, and people think you're just going to have this boom moment where okay i know exactly what i need to do and that's what's going to make it so in 10 years i'm here it just doesn't work like that it's small steps of progress in in all areas you know that's so
0: interesting because that is an incredibly healthy mindset for work but also you know you're someone who's very involved with fitness that's a fitness mindset right there like you know are you moving forward like am i for a lot of people it's am i losing the weight did i gain did i lose a pound this week did i gain a pound this week Mm -hmm. am i moving in the right direction and I think um, it's the exact same thing. We have to somehow, and I myself am very much struggle with this, getting out of the mindset of like, um, okay, well, I want it right now, though. So like, okay, I want to be successful right now. I can't get a job tomorrow that will make me, get, that I'll get whatever I want, mm-hmm. you know, a 30-hour work week and six figures, whatever. Not that that's
1: what you wanted. Yeah. But I'm just saying,
0: you know, that's not going to, oh, oh, I can't get that right away. It's not even worth trying then.
1: Yeah. It's all about that progress, man. It's, just it's all like, about progress. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, think, I mean, just like bring it like I'm, I'm a huge fitness guy and stuff and love yeah. that. But it's just like, you know, people are, if I lost one pound a week, well, one pound a week, that's garbage to most people. So that's 365
0: pounds a year. Well, <laughs> or, or or 50, 52, 52 pounds a year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not quite. That'd be dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: that's fifty pounds. It's like you'd look like completely, and that's one year of your life. One year out of eighty. Yeah, you know, and you've probably developed habits along the way that are going to make it so you never go backwards again. You know. Yeah. And it's just like, but that's that's too slow for most people, and so most people just don't even move because well, that's not fast enough for me. Yeah. We'll get,
0: if it's not going to happen tomorrow, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. And then and then you just you just pissed away a goal or a dream. Yeah. Because of time. You, you know? know,
0: I I think a quote that was so life changing for me, and I'm I'm far from perfect. I've only within the last year or so started to have more of a fitness mindset and start to get into that healthy mindset. Cause here's the thing. I think fitness is a good place to start the healthy thinking mm-hmm. and then it bleeds into other areas of Absolutely. your life. I think that's the easiest way. Like my career totally changed when I started trying to take care of my, my health more. Yeah. Um, totally changed. But um, the, the, the thing I read and it was just some pithy quote, you know, but I love those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it just said, time's going to pass either way. What are you going to do? And, and and it's so open ended, but it's just, it's like, oh, it's, it'll take a year. It'll take five years. It'll take 10 years for this thing to happen. It's like not doing it won't stop the turning of time. Yeah. You know, if you decide that, okay, I want to do this, but ugh, it'll take forever and you don't go after it because of time. You are it, you already just wasted the next ten years, yeah, or however long, be, well, because I, you didn't go
1: for it. Yeah, and on on that, I think I think one thing I know we've talked about a little bit is people, whether in their careers or their bodies, uh, just have to decide the difference between a dream and a goal. Yeah. Um, m- almost. I mean, everyone has dreams. Yeah. I want to. I want to make a million dollars a year. I want to do. I want to have abs and <laughs> eat cake. You know, everyone has dreams. <laughs> have abs and eat yeah, cake. Yeah. Yeah, but but. <laughs> very few people actually have goals you Mm -hmm. know and everything and i think that's the i mean it's 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 very simplistic in its way but i mean you know you got your dreams which is what you want goals are just instruction i mean dreams with instructions on them that's all they are yeah and everything and then like you said it's just excuses that's all they are you know i mean um you know I, i one of my uh bodybuilding gurus back in the day told me, you know, (laughs) excuses are like toilet paper. Once you use it, it ain't worth, you know, (laughs) and stuff. And it's like, but when you you keep that mindset, it's like that excuse is going to keep you from your goal, your dream. And, and I guess uh, I do a lot of self-reflection in terms of, and work with a lot of people who want to have dreams, but very few people have goals. It's like, if your goals are important to you, you'll get them done. You just will. And I think it's, I think it's healthy for people to recognize that most people want things, but just aren't willing to do what they have to do to get them and that's okay to recognize it it's okay to say that out loud yeah and everything but i i think i love that you brought
0: that up because that's something i've started doing recently in my own life because i'm someone who i can excuse myself out of anything because as long as i overcome the excuse once i'm good Mm -hmm. that's the just like give you an insight into like my deepest level like if i see cake Mm -hmm. And I look at that cake, and I know, Derek. If I eat this, you're going to gain weight. You're not going to lose weight. You want to lose weight. You want to be healthier. You don't want to eat bad things. And I go, you know what? I'm not going to eat it. I come back an hour later, and I eat a slice. <laughs> and, and and for an hour, I feel good because I accomplished what I, I I conquered my excuse or whatever. Um, but something I've really gotten into recently is sort of openly to myself, and sometimes I'll, you know, I, something you and I talk about a lot that I so support is what a lot of people consider to be cheesy solutions, saying things out loud, writing down your goals, writing down pros and cons, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, So something I've started to embrace is just saying my excuses out loud to myself. And then for whatever reason, through that process, I'm able to more effectively come up with a realistic solution instead of just pushing it away. Prime example for me is, uh, I was talking to you before the show about how I've been cycling to work now. I got a bike uh, two weeks ago and I've been riding it like a fiend. Something (laughs) I never wanted to do. I did it because we're moving to Florida Mm -hmm. and um, we're going to sell one of our cars. We're both going to work from home. We don't need two cars. Uh, So I was like, yeah, I might as well get a bike. And I started getting more and more into it. And a friend of mine who's a, he does like track cycling, like he's Uh legit. He was like, oh, you should commute to work on your bike. It's great for your health and it's a great way to start and end your day. And I was like, nah. And um, I was kind of just like, okay, Derek, well, like, okay, realistically, what's holding you back? And I was like, well, I'll be sweaty when I show up. And I'm like, okay, well, there are a million companies out there that make products that can make you not sweaty anymore, <laughs> that can fit in your pocket. Uh, oh, well, I I'll, I won't be wearing work clothes. Well, they make these things called backpacks. You can put your work clothes in them. Yeah. You bring them with you. Well, I won't have time. Well, get there 30 minutes early. Well, it takes a long time. Wake up to thir- 30 more minutes earlier, you know. And and it's something about the process of expressing those excuses, sometimes verbally out loud, that works for me, or 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 writing down what your barriers are. I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Because you start to realize how nothing, how nothing these excuses are.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, my goodness, I could we could talk forever about this, but yeah, it just <laughs> excuses. You're letting that excuse steal your dream. Yeah. You know, and I know that, that I know on this, it's okay. Maybe your dream's not running to work, right? But it's like. What if your goal is to, you know, climb Mount Everest? I don't know, something cheesy, but it, it yeah. just, but it's just like you let those little, those excuses are literally stealing joy, and you're, and you, you have a hundred percent control over that, hmm. and that's where it just, it becomes self-motivating yourself. I'm like, I'm gonna let, so it, it's, it, I would love to have a six-pack, and I'm gonna let this cake defeat me, hmm. you know, and I know in the moment it's really hard, but you're like, what what am I giving up to eat this, Yeah, you know, and everything. So. I think,
0: and in, in me included, this is something I've spent a lot of time recently working on um, and I definitely have not mastered. It's the difference between temporary satisfaction and long-term joy. Mm-hmm. And I love that word joy because it's so much more meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, okay, I'm going to eat this cake and I'm going to feel really good for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then I'll mm-hmm. probably feel bad because I ate the cake, but then I'll feel fine again. Then I can eat cake again. Yeah. Versus the long-term joy of like, I feel healthy. I feel good. Like, I feel like, you know, maybe I'm 70 years old and, and I, my body is still functioning well because mm-hmm. I took care of it.
1: Yeah. Well, along the, something along those lines too, that's always helped me out. Um, And this is just kind of the, on the, the mind tricks, if you will. Yeah. And everything is, you know, um, don't count the cost. Hmm. That's one thing I had to do when I went through school. I mean, I was working, you know, full-time job and you know spend 20 30 hours a week on school and it's if i sat and literally thought people ask me all the time how are you doing that you must be so tired and you know what if i s- stood up and really thought about man i'm putting this much in here's what i'm giving up here's you know hmm. you do that in the beginning before you start yeah because you need to have a healthy recognition of what you're going to do yeah. and how you're going to do it but if i literally just embrace the fact of oh i'm giving up this i'm giving up this this taking this much time i would be so defeated all the time it just you kiss camp count the cost is like you mentally to say yourself, this goal is important to me. Yeah, that's it. And here's what it's going to cost me. And you can, and you get to say that to yourself one time mm. and then you just go, but if you're going to rehearse, man, I'm giving up this or man, I have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning in order to make sure I get my workouts in. You're going to eventually lose. Yeah. And so uh, you just don't, you, I don't allow that rehearsing to happen anymore. I'll do it once or twice in the beginning. Yeah, And then it's like, I'm done counting the cost of what it... Because I've already determined that this goal is important to me. Yeah. And now that it's important to me, I'm not going to sit here and just be like, I have to do the X, Y, and Z to get it. It's just... If it's important to me, I'm going to do it. I count on the cost once or twice, and that's it.
0: And then you just stop focusing on the struggle. Yeah, you just did. on the progress. You don't,
1: because I think that's where people, oh, man, like, especially, and this comes full circle with dieting. Yeah. But it's like, oh, man, you, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, and, man, th- this is so hard. But it's like, I'm not thinking, I don't even think about that stuff anymore. All I think yeah. about is, my goal is to be like this. My goal is to step on stage and on this weight, looking like, you know, yeah. and everything like that, and it's like, and you know what? My goals become tremendously easier because I'm not focusing on what I'm giving up. I'm not counting the cost. All I'm mm. counting on is the joy and fulfillment that I'm going to get, or the satisfaction, or the work to life balance, or the money that I'm going to have by doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. You know, I'm not counting. Don't count the cost. Yeah. You know? So absolutely. Anyways.
0: I think that's a perfect note to end on, man. Yeah. We're right here towards the hour mark. Don't count the cost.
1: Just go for it.
0: Yep. Just go for it. <laughs> David, thank you so much for joining me. This has been fun,
1: bud. Thanks for having me, bud. (laughs) Oh, I love
0: it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, We'll be back again next week with my buddy, Justin Quigley, uh, who has not been on the show just yet. I'm excited to have him on here. And um, thank you again to David. If you like the show, feel free to share it on social media. Um, Subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you use, and we will see you again soon. Bye.